You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. Guys, good morning. Welcome again to Grace Community Church. My name is Ricky. I'm grateful this morning to get to preach through Isaiah 65. So we're, we're coming to a close. If you, if you look at Isaiah 65 this morning, there's one more chapter. Pastor Brad will be leading us through uh, very soon as we, as we wrap up the book of Isaiah. Uh, after this morning's sermon, Pastor Brad already mentioned it, but we're going to continue a church family tradition um, and that we're going to give you guys an opportunity to share a testimony. Those who are a part of our body, you have an opportunity to Share what the Lord has been doing in your life in 2018 from the floor. Um, so maybe that's something you want to go ahead and just start considering. Um, or a matter of fact, maybe you just want to ask the Lord right now, and maybe just a prayer in your heart. Just ask the Lord if he would have you share something this morning. Um, and if so, maybe he'll prepare you for that. And uh, I can guarantee if the Lord leads you to share something this morning, then that is on purpose. That's intentional. And I am sure that the Lord then has someone here this morning who needs to hear what you are going to say and that the Lord will absolutely use that in someone's life. So I encourage you to ask the Lord in your heart right now to uh, lead you to share if, if uh, he would have you do so. Isn't that amazing, though, how the Lord uses us? He uses you and me for his glory, for his purposes. God doesn't have to use us. The God of the universe, he doesn't, he doesn't need us, but yet the Lord chooses us and God chooses to use us. And God's inclusion of you and me in his plan and in his purposes, it's not like a sympathy pick. It's not like when you're choosing teams as a kid and you, you pick your little brother because you know his feelings will get hurt if you don't. No. God's choice of you and his use of you is intentional. It's no accident. And this blows my mind. That God uses us for his redemptive purposes in the world. And why is this so shocking that God would choose to use you, would choose to use me for his purposes? It shocks me because of this. Because you and I, we're natural born enemies of God. We're his enemies and yet he embraces us and he takes us and he uses us for his glory and for his purposes. And if you're honest with yourself this morning, I think you would agree with me that, yes, we are natural-born enemies of God. It is something that we all have in common. But guess what? God, God makes his friends those who admit their rebellion against him whenever it comes to the things of God. That's who God uses. That's who God chooses because that's who we are, natural-born enemies of God, and yet he makes us his friends, even though we're natural-born rebels. That's because our God is a God of love. And whenever we read the Bible, the Bible reveals to us that our God is so much a God of love that God loves his enemies, and he displays and expresses love for his enemies. That is exactly what we are going to see this morning as we open up Isaiah 65. We're going to see that God's love is displayed. So in the book of Isaiah chapter 65, we see the Lord is saying in this chapter, he's saying this. He's saying, my hands are open and to receive and bless all those who want me. But the Lord is also saying, those who continue in rebellion against me, those I will reject. So the main point of this morning's sermon is this, of this short sermon, 
is I want you to get this, and I want you to hear this, that God's hands are open to receive you, that God's hands are open to bless you. God's hands are open to receive you. God's hands, they are open to bless you. Because of our time today, it's, it's, uh, it's short, so we can, we can give some time for testimony, testimonies and the, the manner in which we're going to be going through Isaiah 65. I'll go ahead and give you a heads up. We're going to remain seated as we read through the scripture this morning, but the, the scripture will be on the screen. However, I hope that you guys will keep your Bibles open because I'm going to reference some verses in Isaiah 65 that um, I will not be reading out loud. But to begin our time this morning, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and let's ask God to bless our time in his word. So would you pray with me? Father, I ask right now that you will pry open our hearts to hear and to receive your word this morning. Father, I ask that you comfort us in the ways that we need comforting and convict us in the ways in which we need convicting, all for your glory and all for our good. Amen. Isaiah 65, verses 1 and 2. I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, I am, here I am, here I am, to a nation that was not called by my name. I spread out my hands all the day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices. So Christmas, I'm sure you would agree, is a season of giving. And you would probably also agree that, some, that Christmas is also a season of, 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 of receiving. And some of us need to be taught not only how to give, I'm especially reminded of this with, with kids, but a lot of people also need to be taught how to, how to receive. And that's, that's, and that's important for us to think about this morning because the Lord is trying to give us something to receive, but a lot of us don't know how to receive. Maybe, maybe you have the grandpa in your family who, when he opens up the present and, and it's not really what he wanted, he kind of wrinkles his nose in a funny way and just everybody knows, well, he doesn't like it. Or you, or you, you have the aunt who she might, uh, you, you know when she opens up a present that she's disappointed in, she has that smile she does. It's only, it's only there whenever she opens a present she's disappointed in. And all of you guys probably have the grandmother, or you did have the grandmother growing up, who you kind of just tried to dodge her presence because you knew it was going to be a shirt that was two sizes too big or two sizes too small. You know? Thanks. And go put it on. And it's like a dress. You know, you guys know what this is like. Well, this morning, Isaiah is telling us in verses 1 and 2, he's saying, the Lord has something for you. He has something for you so great that it is, it is not going to disappoint you. The gift that the Lord has for us, it is something that you are not going to want to return. You're not going to be looking for the gift receipt or the tag. What the Lord has for you, it is not something that's going to wear out. Guys, it is not something you will ever lose as well. You might wonder, what is this gift that the Lord has for us? In this anticipation of this incredible gift, what can it be? And the Lord looks down to the earth and he stares us in the eyes, each and one of us, and he says, my gift to you is the gift of myself. We should forget the Nintendo Switch, forget the espresso machine, the cologne, the perfume, Guys, forget the, uh, the new underwear and socks you're waiting for on the other extreme. Even the family inheritance you hope one day to receive. The gift that the Lord has for us, there's no other gift like it in the world. The Lord looks at us, and this is his gift to us. He says this, here I am. God looks at us and he says, here I am. 
And then verses three and four, they tell of how the Israelites, they just went, they, they made up, they, they followed their own religious rituals, they um, did what they thought was best instead of turning to the Lord, instead of turning to the one, the only one who could give what it is that they needed. The Israelites, they turned away from God because they were skeptical of God. They weren't so sure they could trust God, so they turned away from God. Instead, they just reached back on their own resources to provide and to give them what they needed in life and their own resources. Well, they ended up spending them all, and then we know that our own resources, they'll never deliver what they promise, and they will never last. Israelites turned their backs on the Lord in hopes that they could take care of themselves. How about you? Because as natural-born enemies of God, you and I, we all have a decision to make. We have two choices. These are our two choices whenever it comes to the Lord. We can either trust in the goodness of God. So we can trust in the goodness of God. We can, we can receive freely the forgiveness of God. And this forgiveness of God, guys, it is something that cannot be purchased. Or we can be like most of the Israelites. We can remain skeptical of God. We can be unsure about God not trust his goodness, and we can just take our chances that, well, when it comes to the end, that we will have done enough to hopefully pay him off. What it comes down to is you either have to surrender complete control of your life right now and trust God, or you turn away from God and you say, I got it. We all have a choice we have to make. And guys, I have great news for you today. I want you to know that God's hands are open to welcome repentant rebels, which we all are. God's hands are open to just receive, to welcome repentant rebels. There's no gift exchange. There's no having to bring a gift to the table so you can then receive a gift in return. As a matter of fact, repentant rebels who come to the Lord, they come empty-handed, they have nothing left to give. They come with absolutely nothing because repentant rebels know that my family heritage doesn't matter. When it comes to my church attendance record, it doesn't matter. When it comes to my, 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 my giving statement, whenever it comes to my mission trip history, none of that matters. We can bring nothing to the table in order to receive from God. However, maybe some of us have these rituals, these things that we're storing up, we keep in our mind and we, we kind of tally them up and we hope whenever it comes to the end of our life that we are banking on having enough to pay God off in the end. But guys, you can only receive from God if you refuse to pay for it. That's how the Lord gives. What is it he gives? How is it that the Lord blesses us. Well, Luke 2.7 tells us the Lord gives to us and blesses us in such a way that the gift from God to us was a gift that was wrapped, was wrapped in swaddling clothes. The gift of God, whenever he looks to us, the gift of God is actually God himself, God the Son, God in the flesh, Jesus Christ. And Romans 5.10 tells us that God gives this gift to his natural-born enemies, that while we were enemies of God, God reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, Jesus. Guys, I want you to see God's love displayed. 
This is incredible love. God's love is displayed in how he loves, how he welcomes his enemies. What a gracious God. And this God, he is there. He is there to be sought by those who did not ask for him. God is even being found by those who are not seeking him because God's love is displayed in how he welcomes repentant rebels. His hands are open to receive and to bless. And guys, those he welcomes and receives and blesses, it may sometimes surprise you. Unlike the Israelites in verse 5, repentant rebels, those, those whom the Lord receives and that he blesses, they're not always the most clean cut. They're not always the most who have it together. They're the ones who come to the Lord knowing that they don't have a good track record. But they also know that the Lord is the only one who can redeem it. They come to the Lord knowing that they have no chance of cleaning themselves up and making the cut for God. So they come to God in complete surrender because they're finally to the end of themselves and they know I have no other option left than to surrender completely to the Lord. Therefore, to be received by God and to be blessed by God, you must completely surrender everything to God, bringing nothing to him. Your earnings, your plans, guys, you even have to completely surrender your future. For some of you, this may sound like a bad plan. This may be bad news to you. If this is bad news to you, though, then I would guess that you're probably not sick of the rebellion. You're probably, not sick of, you're probably not sick yet of the dance of, of trying to find God, but yet trying to hide from God, yet hoping you can muster up enough courage to face God and hoping when it comes to the end that you will have enough, have done enough to get by and to get away from God. That's life in the rebellion. But the Lord has for us good news. He has the gospel that God requires nothing of you for your salvation, nothing. The Lord requires nothing of you for your salvation because your salvation has already been paid in full by Jesus Christ. Therefore, to come to him, you simply turn and surrender. The Lord's hands are open to receive you, to bless you. God's saying, here I am, here I am. God's love is displayed in how he welcomes Repentant rebels. Verse 8. Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and they say, do not destroy it, for there is a blessing in it. So I will do for my servant's sake and not destroy them all. My family loves grapes. They destroy a bag of grapes. We destroy anything we open. You just throw the wrapper away. It's gone. Uh, sandwiches, loaf of bread gone. Like we just destroy it. And whenever we open a bag of grapes, they, they, they pull all the grapes out. I'm trying to cut the scissors, try to cut the little vines off, but they're just... And then at the end, you always end up in the bottom of the bag, these, these, this pile of grapes that didn't make the cut. You know, they didn't, they didn't stay on the vine. And you have some of them are still good. Some of them are all shriveled up, like nasty looking. Some are juicy, some are dried. And I'm just... I just tossed the bag. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going in. I'm not doing that. I'm not putting my fingers in there. It's, it's not worth it to me. I'm, I'm impatient. They've probably all been contaminated by the shriveled up ones. I'm just throwing away 
throwing away the, the, the whole bag. I'm going to get a fresh bunch. Well, Isaiah tells us in verse 8, he says, the Lord is patient. God is so patient that he doesn't just toss out the whole cluster of grapes if some are bad. Instead, God, he takes time to go through each and every single one of them. God is, is patient. God is intentional in that he picks out those who are his. God doesn't just destroy them all. Intentional, patient, kind, picking out the ones who are his. But we should take note. We should notice as well, though, but we better not presume on God's kindness. Because it is clear that right now God's hands are open to receive and to bless repentant rebels and to provide for his humble servants. But we also see that the Lord picks out those who are his. But there will come a time after he's done sorting, those who are not his will be destroyed. Let's not miss that. So we see God's love displayed in how he welcomes repentant rebels in verses 1 through 8. In verses 9 through 16, we're going to see God provides for his humble servants. Verses 9 through 16 show us this contrast of how God's people, they actually get what they want. And those who reject God, those who, who forsake God, ultimately they as well are going to get what it is that they want. Those who depend on God and delight in what God delights in, they will receive the provision of God. While those who are skeptical of God and doesn't, don't trust God and think that they can handle things on themselves, then they're going to get whatever it is their efforts can provide for them. But God provides for his humble servants. Verses 13 and 14. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, my servant shall eat, but you shall be hungry. Behold, my servant shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servants shall rejoice, but you shall be put to shame. Behold, my servants shall sing for gladness of heart, but you shall cry out for pain of heart, and shall well for breaking of spirit. Guys, those who delight in God, the repentant rebels, his humble servants, look what we have. God's blessings of we shall eat, drink, we shall rejoice and even sing with gladness of heart. But those who reject God, those who reject God's ways and do not delight him, in him, they're going to be hungry. They're going to be thirsty. They're going to be put to shame. They're, they're going to cry out for pain of heart. They're going to well for breaking of spirit. So I want you to know this is how you delight in God. How do you delight in God? And as his humble servant, receive provision from God. You delight in God by knowing, truly knowing the one true God, the God of the Bible. But many people, they don't want the God of the Bible. They don't trust the God of the Bible. They're skeptical of the God of the Bible. Instead, they have this kind of made up image of God that they keep in their head. Maybe a God that looks more like them than what the Bible describes. And maybe this God in their mind is more fair, maybe more appealing than what they would like to think. Because honestly, a God who welcomes repentant rebels, that's not very popular. A God who provides for his humble servants because they delight in his ways, they conform to his ways, well, that's not, that's not very popular. 
Pride is the reason that people reject God. In our pride, we're tempted to reject God. And the prideful reject God while the humble, they gladly serve God. We'll be his servants because we're repentant rebels who have surrendered. His hands were open. He's received us. He's blessed us. As his humble servants, he provides for us because we are not too good for God. We admit we're his natural born enemies. And when we receive his blessing, man, we delight in God. We're provided for by God. I want you to know that God's hands are open to receive you. God's hands are open to bless you. And God's love is displayed in how he welcomes repentant rebels and how he provides for his humble servants. Verses 17 and 18. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. And the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever. And that which I create, for behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. So not only is God's love displayed in how he welcomes repentant rebels, and not only is God's love displayed in how he provides for his humble servants, but God's love is displayed in how he creates a new reality to enjoy with his people. A new reality. We've all, we've all seen things we wish we had not seen. We, we have all heard things we wish we had not heard. I can guarantee we have all experienced things that we wish we had not experienced. And whatever it is right now that comes to mind in thinking about these things as a result of our broken world, then I want you to look again to verse 17 and I want you to receive verse 17 whenever you are sick and tired of this broken world and the destruction because of the rebellion against God. Verse 17 is for you. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. Many of you want a fresh start. And those of you who want a fresh start, I want you to know that the God of the Bible is the only one who can give you a fresh start. So much so that you will not even remember what it is that makes your heart ache one day. That's the kind of healing that God has for his people, for his people. Verse 19 tells us that those mental flashes that ambush your mind whenever you don't want them, whether you're driving in your car or you're laying awake at night, those mental flashes that ambush you, that cause weeping and distress, they're going to be no more. You're going to remember them no more. And verse 17 takes what we currently dread in this life and it turns it into glorious, glorious hope. So right now, whatever it is that causes you pain, I want you to know that God has a way of taking that right now in this moment and he flips it over for glorious hope because we know the promises of God and the blessings of God, it causes pain to be temporary. And yet we still have eternity to come. Verse 18, great hope, great comfort. I love the command of verse 18. Who wouldn't want to do this? Let's read verse 18. God's command is, be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. God's command to you is, be glad. He tells you, 
Rejoice forever. That's what I have for you to do. God says, I want you to enjoy what it is I've created. Guys, there's no unlimited ride wristband that can compare with what God has in store for his people. And we can't even comprehend what it is that God has in store for his people. So Isaiah in verses 19 through 23, he's going to try to give us some things that we might can relate to just so we can have a hint. So just so to stir up our emotions and our, and our, and our imaginations of what exactly it is we're going to feel and what exactly it is the Lord is going to give us for those who are repentant rebels and his humble servants. For example, my, my oldest son Hudson turned 10 years old this week. He knows it's a big deal. He hit double digits. It's a big deal. We, uh, we had a family over to eat dinner with us to celebrate his birthday. And uh, my, my buddy Josh and I were sitting there talking. And Hudson comes up and he says, hey, uh, Uncle Josh. He calls him Uncle Josh. He says, I turned 10. I hit double digits. And, of course, we know. We're there celebrating his birthday. And Hudson says, only 90 more years and I'll hit triple digits. <laughs> to which Josh, my buddy Josh, looked at him and he said, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> we all know, uh, triple digits, more than likely, that's not going to happen for us. But I'm sure right now, if you knew, all right, no questions to ask, you're living to 100. I bet a lot of you would, huh? all right, I, you'll be a lot less anxious if you know you're going to live to 100, because no one lives to 100 and feels like they've been cheated. No, you you can relax. You're not going to be cheated. Dying early is off the table. You can enjoy life now. And Isaiah is saying, I want you to understand a little bit. Just get a sniff of what it is that you don't have to worry about dying. You don't have to worry about getting shorted. You can truly rejoice and enjoy forever. And in verses 21 and 23 through 23, Isaiah reveals to us that what God has in store is that you're no longer going to work, your work's no longer going to be in vain. See, Israel, they had always been invaded. They, they build houses, and before they get to grow old in them, they get kicked out of them. They're overrun. They plant, they plant gardens. They never get to eat up all the fruit from the gardens. They're, they're kicked out. But one day, they're going to get to build their houses and live in them forever. They're going to eat of all the fruit from their garden. The Lord's saying to us, my blessing for you is going to be peace. It is going to be security so that you can enjoy forever. Verse 24. Before they call, I will answer. When they are yet speaking, I will hear. I have, I have a twin brother. His name is Mark. He, uh, he's, he's a pastor in Alabama. And we used to always get these questions growing up. Can you tell when he's hurting? Can you, can you feel what he feels? Can you sense what he's thinking? John, do you ever get these questions? John's a twin. Yeah, he gets these questions. Of course, we had a lot of fun with those questions, but of course not. I can't, I can't feel what he's feeling and, and sense what he's thinking. Like, I, like I know him to the, to the extent of which, I, of which I know him. But look at verse 24. Wow, what intimacy with God. Before they call, I will answer while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Now, if you have something you're hiding from God, this is your worst nightmare. But those who are repentant rebels, who are humble servants, this is heaven. This is the most satisfying thing we can ever have. This is knowing God and God knowing 
us, there's nothing more satisfying. God's hands are open to receive and to bless you. Verse 25, the wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurry. They should not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. A new reality. One we can fathom, one we can hope for, but yet one we don't completely understand or have experienced yet. New natures, new heavens, new earth, new reality. See, guys, God's love is displayed for repentant rebels and humble servants. God's hands are open to you today to receive you and to bless you. And if you're a follower of Jesus, then my prayer is that you are reminded of the blessings of God that are yours. I hope that you are encouraged. And if you are an enemy of God, then my prayer is that you surrender today, that you cease your rebellion and that you surrender to the Lord and you begin trusting him. Philippians 2 tells us that Jesus Christ humbled himself he became a servant. He was obedient to his father, even to the point of death. The reason I say this is because I want you to know that God's offer to you is not something he's dangling in front of you and he's just going to snatch it back. You can trust God. This offer is so real and so serious that Jesus Christ died for it so you can have it. It's real. God is serious. God's ultimate, ultimate love is displayed. His love is ultimately displayed, I should say, through Christ. So today, I want you to know his hands are open to receive you, to bless you. God says today to us, he's saying to you right now, here I am. Here I am. Let's pray. Father, thank you for not tossing us out. Thank you for saving us. Who are yours? And Father, I pray that those who have not yet completely surrendered and trusted in you, Father, I pray that they will do so today turn over their plans, their life, their future, all into your hands. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to transition to a time of testimonies. As I said at the beginning, uh, it's, it's tradition. We, we did this, uh, Pastor Brad led this back Thanksgiving, and um, we do it again this time of year. So uh, you have opportunity to share, and... Um, yeah, just whatever you, you have something you want to say, just make, make eye contact with one of the guys. We, I, I recruited these two high school students. Good-looking guys, right? Pretty good. So they're going to they're gonna bring, the, bring the mics to you. And um, just stand up, if you don't mind, and, uh, and let us know what the Lord has laid on your heart, um, something of how he's been working uh, in your life this year. So who would like to go first? 
Yes, absolutely. And if you're like, ah, home groups, I haven't heard much about that. There's a sheet of paper in the welcome room that has a list of our home groups, or you can go to the website and uh, find a list of home groups as well by, by map or by town. Okay, well, thank you all who shared. Let's go ahead and uh, go to the Lord in prayer as we uh, transition to, to end our time in worship through song and benediction. I'm going to ask you guys to just uh, pray in your heart silently for uh, a bit for um, what you have heard this morning. And uh, also thank the Lord uh, in your prayer as well. So let's go to the Lord in prayer together. And I'll close this. Father, thank you for the church you've given us. Lord, thank you for putting us here for the church. And I ask that you will continue to reveal to us the ways in which we can serve this body. But Father, also help us to receive the blessings of this church, the ministries you've put in place, for the, the help that is available. Lord, we thank you for your provision, not just for eternity, but for now. Lord, we thank you specifically after today's testimony time for the provision you give through Grace Community Church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.